Hi everyone. Welcome to the third episode of my podcast. It has been a minute. I mean, more than a minute. But I'm so excited about this episode, not just because of the topic, but because I have a special guest. So before I give you the topic, I'll let my guest introduce herself. Connie, over to you. Hi, faithful. Hi, faithfuls. Um, faithfuls. I think it, it, it would be nice if you call your followers faithfuls. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be cool okay hi guys <laughs> my name is Connie Wendy Barker I am a sexual reproductive health and rights advocate and I'm also the co-founder of um, Beulah Future Leaders Foundation so I'm really excited and glad to um, be on this podcast with Faithful yeah thank you for having me mm-hmm I'm excited, to so excited. Funny thing is, I met Connie at the gym, and she right. just me as someone who had a personality, like she knew who she was. So, guys, sit tight because this episode is going to be tight. Yeah. We're talking about feminism and Christianity today. Oh, come back. Don't go anywhere. Come back. You need to listen to this. So, the first, we're just going to address certain issues. And the first thing we're going to do is define feminism. What exactly is feminism? Connie, do you want to answer that? Um, yeah, faithful. For me, feminism is just about equal rights. Um, it's just looking at the next person beside you and knowing that um, whatever I deserve, this person deserves it as well. You know, regardless of their color, regardless of their um, what they call it, skin tone, regardless of their um, ethnicity, their religion. You know, regardless of the agenda. So for me, it's just equal rights. Feminism is, it, it just asks difficult questions in society, like gender socialization, gender roles, systematic inequalities. You know, um, that's just what feminism asks. And I believe if you have, um, or rather if you see somebody who, um, who you're empathetic towards, your humanity, you know, I don't think there's much difference between um, feminism and humanity. As far as you feel like everybody deserves equal, equal treatment, you are a feminist. And if you don't think so, um, then I think you're an oppressor. I know you're an oppressor. So basically, that's just what it is. People think that when feminists say they want equality, they think we, we mean sameness. We're not trying to be men. And we're no. not trying to be better than men. We just want to be treated equally and i think it hurts to have to ask to be treated like a human being do you get absolutely i totally agree mm -hmm. and there are certain topics that border around feminism and you mentioned some of them gender socialization um gender roles do you want to talk about gender roles um gender roles are just um societal constructs you know um I believe um, or it originated from the society that dates back where, um, you know, certain things were expected from certain genders, you know, and being that they were patriarchal in their structure at that point, it, 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 it needed the men to, or they required the men to go to war and to go out while the women stayed at home because women were perceived as weak, but women were not weak. Society just perceived them to be. Now, I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't part of that generation, but I could tell from um, some books that I have read 
and some historical um, uh, documentaries I have watched that sometimes or sometimes some of these notions came from um, religion, you know, because they translated some verses of religion to be weakness in women. But that's not what it was. So I think uh, when people began to create these roles, they, they, they used religion as a backup. But now things are changing. Globalization is here. Society has, um, you know, evolved. And some of these, these roles do not serve women. Women for years have been saying, um, we don't want to be relegated. We don't want to be stopped at home. We want to go out. We want to work. And we want men to also partake in the homework as well. We want men to, um, you know, be involved in the lives of their kids. We want men to men to socialize um, or to be able to do some of these um, household chores. And that should not be a problem. But when you hear people say, why is it that you feminists always talk about cooking, cleaning? If you do, um, if you easy do, um, nah, you understand? If it's not <laughs> a problem, make a situation solved. It should not be a big deal, but when you keep dragging it and uh, making it longer, then it shows that you're actually, there's a privilege there and you don't want to let go of that privilege, you know? So uh, for me, I think that's just where it goes. And at the end of the day, these gender roles, you know, sometimes it's, again, as I said, it relegates a lot. And we're talking the other day that the highest rate of suicide isn't men. Because when we talk about um, gender socialization, we realize that there, there's a lot, a lot of, with gender roles, there's a lot of burden that is being laid down on men. So when we're dealing with feminism or feminism as a scope itself, it deals with um, toxic masculinity, you know. So this, this feminism as a whole, it actually benefits both men and women. It just puts you at a pace where um, you're not too burdened with a lot. But then you can also uh, be more than, um, or you can be who you really want to become. So basically, that's what it is for me. Um, Faithful, what do you think? I think you're such a powerhouse. I mean, you've said it all again. This is the second time I'm saying this. All right. So right. Feminism isn't just for women. And we're not saying, like I said earlier, we're not saying women are better than men. And I think that's the point where men begin to feel attacked. Because they have that notion that that's what we're saying. No, we're saying join us to fight for equal rights for women. And a lot of people think that, oh, inequality is not a thing. Just because you have not experienced inequality does not mean it does not exist. Look around. I mean, step out of your comfort zone and critically look at people's lives. Look at women's lives and consider if you were a woman, would you be comfortable um, to be treated the way women are treated. And, you know, I just feel like a lot of Christians have an issue with feminism because they don't know where to stand. You don't even know what the Bible says about it. And you're like, right. oh, you know what? Because I don't know. I'm just not going to take a stand. You cannot do that. Come. Mm-hmm. So, Facebook, <laughs> can I say that um, where you talked about when people don't know what or haven't be, um, um, experienced the brunt of inequality, they have. The average Nigerian man who probably does not have money, you know, or uh, so, so, so certain social class, maybe there are certain places he has been to where 
another man like himself oppresses him and you you see how angry he is he comes back home probably laments but then he still goes back home and probably re- um you know uh do the same thing to his wife but in a different way he he treats her um badly the same way he probably had been treated because he was not equal to that person social equality and this one was gender equal uh, gender in, sorry social inequality and gender inequality so they have felt what inequality feels like but then the thing with power is that um it's intoxicating so most of the time the the the, the feeling of trying to um hover over somebody or be um be like a god the godlike complex that comes with um uh, power I think that's what they just keep wanting to hold on to. So as you were saying for the uh, for the Christian men, what would you what would you think or why do you think a lot of Christian men as well because I heard I've heard a lot of feminists say oh uh Christian men are the most misogynistic, um they're the high uh, they're the ones who always like opposed to feminism and all of that kind of um thing. So what do you think though? Well, I think that as a Christian man, as a Christian, whether you're a man or a woman, if you'll search the scriptures, I mean, the Bible says that you should study to show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. And from the Old Testament, we see that there's a lot of cultural bias against women. You know, women were not given the right to have inheritance. And there's a very in- interesting story I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's um, systemic inequality that we see today, but back in the day. Numbers 27, the daughters of Zelophehad. Um, Zelophehad had, I think he had five daughters and he had no son. And so his name mm-hmm. was wiped out because there was no, he had no son to inherit his property. And his daughters went to Moses and told him to give them their father's inheritance because mm-hmm. they were human, you know. So you can read that verse, Numbers 27, 1 to 11. And Moses Moses was stunned because that had never happened. But he went to God. You know, let me just read it so it doesn't seem like I'm saying. Right. And the Lord said to Moses, the request of the daughters of Zelophehad is justified. You shall certainly give them a possession as an inheritance among their father's brothers. And you shall transfer their father's inheritance to them. So you can read down to verse 11. Mm. When you see a case of social injustice, don't turn a blind eye. So these ladies stood up for themselves, but just imagine if they did not have the courage to stand up for themselves. If you don't know, ignorance is not an excuse. If you don't know, find out. Moses had never heard of that before. Moses was a man. He went to God. But today, I'm not saying you should see someone going through, you should see a woman being treated um, poorly because she's a woman and then she just say, oh, let me go to God and find out as a Christian. No. There are so many places. I mean, let me just quickly digress. Jesus had a lot of women who did amazing things for him. Absolutely. Jesus stood up for women. The woman right. who was caught in adultery, we never hear, um, heard of the man who was caught in adultery. Why? Cultural bias, social injustice. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, um, if there's anyone amongst you that has no sin, let him um, cast a stone. And he told the woman to go and sin no more. You know, and we see Jesus talking to the woman at the well. She's one of the biggest evangelists that we see in scriptures going. She went to her village, left her buckets that she went to fetch water with. And she just started shouting, come and meet the man who has told me everything. 
in that day, Jesus talking to a Samaritan was a problem. Talking to a woman who was a Samaritan was an even bigger problem. But he defied what people were going to think. Cultural um, norms. Do you understand? Absolutely. And like, Martha was the first person who saw Jesus. And she went to tell the disciples everything Jesus had said after he had resurrected. So I'm just saying women for long have always been at the forefront doing things, but they hardly get any recognition. But times Absolutely. are changing. Times Absolutely. Are changing. I totally agree because um, I think Jesus is the epitome of love. You know, and he exhumes everything love. And once he sees anything injustice, I think anything injustice, he trumps uh, whatever cultural or um, um, uh, religious, um, what they call it, practices. You know, uh, I think there was there was a verse where he healed somebody, and he wasn't supposed to heal somebody because it was supposed to be it was a Sabbath day. But Jesus was like, this person needs healing. Why do I have to hold that on or hold his healing? till he get till till maybe after the sabbath you know yeah. these are questions that these are this this, this this just shows how god's love is amazing jesus's love is amazing and yeah. i always always have problems with, with with a lot of uh conservative christians who say i have to abandon my ideas about equality to preserve my faith while you've heard feminists also say that um or non-religious feminists say that um, you have to abandon your faith to preserve your ideas about inequality. I mean, people make you feel as if it's mutually exclusive. In my own opinion, it's not. They both exist for me. I am a Christian and I am a feminist. I don't think um, I have a problem with it. And you must not be this or that. You can decide to be both. And who says you cannot be that? You know, and um, Faithful, I also want to ask about, you know, when we're talking about gender roles and, you know, equality uh, with between the sexes and all of that what do you think about the man being um the head of the home you know because um research has shown that you um giving that person that that um you know that role telling them they are the head in in a way it has caused a lot of the injustice we see and the inequality because overall you're you're saying the other person is lesser than they are so um what do you think about that do you do you subscribe to the notion that says the man is the head of the home or personally is your 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 the opinion or the school of thought that says that um you know i'm looking for a partner wherever whenever i'm high you're you're low whenever you're low i'm high i'm looking for a partner someone because the bible says one shall chase one thousand and two 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 shall shall chase ten thousand so um where do you fall under Okay, so my loyalty is to scripture. My loyalty right. is to scripture because, like, God has poured out Himself in scripture, and you can find anything you need, you know. So, like, Ephesians 5 24 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So, I'm reading, this is not from my head. <laughs> and he's the Savior. Um, therefore, as the church is sub unto Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. So people bring this scripture like, okay, so the man is the head, the man is the head, but they don't look at the previous verse that says, submitting yourselves on, unto one another in the fear of God. So um, in society, men are not the head. We're talking about the context of marriage now. In the context right. of marriage, 
the relationship between a man and a woman is supposed to mirror the relationship between Christ and the church. And what mm. did Christ do? We're submitted to Christ in such a strategic way. This is how Christ gave his life for us. Christ literally poured out himself for us. We're not submitted to Christ in the case of master and slave. Nope. We're submitted to him in case of um, Jesus and bride. You know, the Bible literally refers to us as the bride of Christ. So it's strategic. It's not, um, how do I put it? It's not positional. It's not for a domineering purpose. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. The the way wives are supposed to submit to their husbands are the way we submit to God in trust. We trust that, oh, this man, um, this man has a relationship with God. And so whatever decisions he makes, I mean, I asked someone one day, I said, so if you were in coma, would you trust your partner to make a decision about your life? This is mm. a very hard question and the person couldn't answer. Oh, wow. But not because she had a bad partner, because she, but because she just had to think about it. She had never thought about it before. When we say submission, we're not talking about who brings money. We're not talking about who cleans the house. Submit yourselves one to another first before you now step into that place where um, where you're mirroring the relationship between Christ and the church. And I think as a believer, this is something you need to study. So when you have, when you're married, you do not treat your wife as less because she is not less. You are submitting to her just as she submits to you, first of all, your partners. And I believe every marriage should be tailored according to the people who are in the marriage. Sit Absolutely. down. How do you want your marriage to be? Don't Don't say because your forefathers went out to farm this is not those days study the bible are you willing to die for your wife are you willing to give your life like christ did then you're worthy of being submitted to because she's not a slave and wives are you willing to um you know are you wives are are you willing to submit are you willing to trust your man trust is so important in the relationship between a man and a woman that's where i stand i don't think it's a domineering thing i don't think it's a positional thing i think it's a thing of order that god placed spiritually to mirror our relationship with him marriage is not a joke to god it's something that should mirror our relationship with him yeah right um uh, where the, the the point where you said about submitting like i personally i don't have a problem submitting to anybody i mean before we made this podcast i mean we had to do some submitting oh no i don't think this time is okay for me faithful i think that time is okay for you you know and then we're able to come to a compromise but when i hear a lot of christian men speak i when they talk about submission they talk about to a level or to a place where it's servanthood you know, to a place where it's like slavehood, where his word is the bond of the house and you you have no say unless he asks for your say. I mean, imagine if you, I, I believe that um, we we all have our strengths. I personally have met a lot of men who I, I, I know I'm more intelligent than. Um, I, I think um, in my exposure and in my thought process, I think I, I am better than them. And I've met men who are better than I am. I've met women who are better than I am. And, you know, everybody with his own grace that God has given that person, you know. So, I mean, if you have a woman who is strong and 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 um, you, you as well, probably you're a strong man. I mean, the dynamics, that's when both of you have to, I, I think that's the level of, Maybe during your dating process, you, you, you're able to understand each other. Because uh, looking at Abigail, 
you know, the way she was able to uh, intercept in the situation where her husband and David, if she hadn't intercepted at that point, her whole household would have been killed because the man wasn't smart enough and he would have made a decision that would have killed everybody or he made a decision that would have killed everybody. But she had to do what she had to do. In the present day contest, if that happened, they would say, oh, my God, this woman is a betrayal of her man or she took she didn't take permission from her husband without um you know um without uh, or without uh, or she didn't take a permission from her husband when she wanted to take that decision you understand so i feel like um these things shouldn't be that hard i mean you know the person you actually like you know um you know how their characteristics are so why can't you just work on it you know why can't you work on it? And I was reading something the other day. It was talking about the 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 scripture you read in that Ephesians five. You know, it was talking about you know um, a set of um, Greco-Roman, um, I think, historical codes or household codes that talk about um, their ph- uh, philosophical standards as at then. You know, that reflected the hierarchy of universe uh, of the universe. You know, so it was saying that okay, that's why or rather the standard gave men the authority over the household, you know, but things are changing and things are evolving, as I said earlier on. So, I mean, uh, the early church or the early family started up or leveraged on the aspect where, um, you know, the men were the heads of the home, but now things are evolving and I feel like this thing shouldn't be that hard. Sorry, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's just difficult. It shouldn't be that hard anyways. So, yeah. Faithful, what yeah, do you think? I really understand what you're saying. Um, so there's the cultural view and there's the spiritual mm-hmm. view. And now we're trying to marry, you know, we're trying to reconcile what it means to be a feminist and a Christian. And for me, I, I am a feminist because <laughs> I will always speak up for the rights of women. I will never be silent towards any form of injustice or inequality or any of that. And I believe that it is God's will. I mean, the Bible says to speak up for the rights of those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. And also Galatians 3, this is very important. Galatians 3, I think 28, talks about how there's no Jew, no Greek, no male, no female. God literally sees us as one and the same. It's just on the earth that there are diversities. But my point, the point I'm trying to make is that there's a cultural structure and there's right. a spiritual structure. But how beautiful would it be if we see the spiritual playing out in the cultural? Mm. So Christian, if you've been afraid of um, what people will say, if you say you're a feminist, honey, you're on the right track. You are exactly where you need to be. You need to keep speaking. You need to keep pouring yourself out. And if you're afraid of what submission means, the truth is no one has all the answers right now to give to you. But study Ephesians 5. Study how God loved the church. That is how your man is supposed to love you, sacrificially. He's supposed to pour out himself for you. But that's not what we see. A lot of these men who are so stuck up on being the head don't even know what it means to be the head. Do you know what it means to lead? Do you know what it means to... I mean, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. That is servanthood. Do you understand? Right. Don't, don't uh, you're supposed to crush your feet. 
if you're a man and you're listening to this, you're not you're not marrying and then you're the head and then you think you're in a place where you're supposed to crush your feet and just order everyone around or nope. even abuse your family, you know, because you, you you see a lot of like uh, Christian men who are abusive, gender based violence. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. And a lot of people can't talk about it. Yeah. Men, you're supposed to be as the head, you're a servant for your home. I know this is crazy, but honey, study your Bible. Exactly what Jesus did is what you're supposed to mirror. And nobody is asking you to do it by your strength. Ask God for help. Open your mm-hmm. eyes. You have a mind. Study the scriptures. See what God says about who you're supposed to be. You're in a place. Don't buy what culture and society says. Just because everyone is treating their wives badly doesn't mean you have to do it. Nope. You can take a different stand. You know, Connie, I don't know if I've answered your question, but I think let me just summarize by saying that um, being a feminist and a Christian doesn't mean I'm not going to submit to my man. Right. It means that I'm going to trust. It means that, first of all, I'm going to submit to a man who is submitted to God. I think mm-hmm. that's so important. We leave that out so many times. A man who is submitted to God will never lead you astray, will never treat you bad. And it's not a one size fits all thing. It's not magic. It's not a formula. These things are hard, but I think it's attainable. I think it's achievable. Right. You know? Yeah. I totally I totally agree. As I said, I don't have a problem with um, submission, you know, because I think God, I believe and I know that God created women and men in his image and he has given them the same mandate. And what's that mandate? To rule over creation. You yeah. know, we saw a great woman, woman like um, Katrin Coleman, you know. So, I mean, if she, I was listening to this lady the other time and she was talking about, I mean, if you're, everybody with who god just pairs them to be and just go and be with who who you believe or is um i don't know is in is in sync with your character i mean imagine somebody who is a deborah getting married to someone who is an abraham abraham needed somebody like sarah probably their characters probably link because sarah was a submissive one and um all of that kind of thing but then deborah was this very strong woman who was opinated you know who who had so much to say who wanted to rule who wanted to um have conversations about things that are surrounding her and you know let just go for what works for you but then you you realize that a lot of men say oh uh, they say they they want this and at the end of the day when when the marriage happens they become become somebody who the women did not know about so you get you get a lot of people being dishonest People yeah. are not being honest with themselves. And the same thing with ladies, you know, once you know that's how his perception is. I mean, sis, if you can't if you can go through with it, just let it be. Not because of um the fact that you want to marry, you have to pretend and conform to something you're not okay with. I think one day you're going to explode. That's why a lot of men, I've heard a lot of married men sit down and say, Oh man, my wife pretend die. Oh no be like this, she do no be like because why? She had to do all those things for you, or she wanted to do all those things for her to be marriageable. Because society has put that on her to uh I mean to, to her worth should be how soon she can get married to or how fast yeah how soon she can get married to um, get married or get a man to marry her i mean um social norms cultural norms these are all humans i mean faithful let's run to sahara desert right now we will create whatever culture we want and it will actually work for us you know so it, they're just people who sat down one 
had this conversation. But then culture is not static. Culture evolves. So why don't we create a culture for ourselves? What is that culture we want to set out for ourselves? I mean, if you, and you hear a lot of men say, oh, it's our culture, it's our culture. Oh, but your culture is worshipping Ifa. Why aren't you worshipping Ifa or whatever God that your granddad worship? Why are you saying Jesus is your Lord and personal Savior? Do you get what I mean? So, I yeah. mean, you, you realize that some of these things is not because they, they, they cannot change it or they don't want to unlearn is coming from a place of privilege but also as you said servanthood if you truly truly like serve god and obey god you understand that um you needed to give yourself i mean when i read the depth of that scripture i'm like do you know what it means to give your life for somebody or something it's crazy because you don't you know you you don't even think about it twice so a feminism is something that should never go away it's something that the church should open up to because I, I see some churches, you know, they oppose to it, they oppose to it being that, um, you know, it threatens them. And where does, why does it treat, threaten them? Because the person who is speaking, have you heard maybe a preacher speak something and you know, uh, sir, that's not the word of God, that's your perspective. I don't know if you've heard that before, but then... Um, these conversations, this, th- th- that's that's him speaking based on his own terms. So each of us, everybody has a perspective. You know, there's a perspective, there's our perspective, and then there's God's perspective. So exactly. as, hu- yeah, as humans, when we're speaking on something, sometimes it's not generally or totally our you know, or rema from God. It's just us projecting our perspective. So I think the church should welcome this conversation because feminism has helped a lot of women. You know, it has helped women come out of abusive situations. Now the culture of silence is beginning to diminish, you know, um, a lot of uh, championing for girls' education, you know, a lot of championing for uh, to, to, to um, stop uh, female genital mutilation, you know, child marriage, you know, things like that. And we're beginning to see... Um, women take forefront you know and it does not make any uh, it does it should not threaten you there there was a statistic i was reading that i read that because women are not as productive as they need to be the the the, the country loses about how many billion that's billions it runs into billions of naira like uh, in productivity because half of the population is not productive can you imagine the staggering the way society will be stabilized if you had two different um, genders, you know, going at the economy. So, I mean, it's really, really um, um, sad. But then I think that's why we're having this conversation that we can um, speak to people and reorientate people, you know, and it starts with our conversations. And I just want to employ men to be more open. Like, um, on learning things is one of the greatest assets you have in life. You know, there's some things that we hold on to as values, but also we should learn to sp- listen to when, when someone says, I, I think this is hurting me in this, in this aspect. I mean, if you're, you should have empathy and say, I want to listen. How, okay, or how can I be better? I think these conversations are, um, uh, this, this, this is the way I think I, I expect men to approach this conversation actually and women as well because mm-hmm. there are matriarchs of patriarchy if i can put that there are people that a lot of women that i've seen who have put down the 
esteem of young girls who have told them, oh, you're a girl, you shouldn't be doing that. You can't right. work, you can't dream this big. Yeah, it's true. This is not even a myth. Um, you just need to stop, really, please. Yeah. You know, patriarchy, upholding, sorry to interject, but pay, uh, upholding patriarchy is, is not, it's not only ma- a man that does it. You know, it's, it's, it's patriarchy. Patriarchy is not men. Patriarchy is just um, society putting men as the head. And ev- anybody can dismantle the patriarchy and things like that. We're not, we're not, it's not an attack on men. It's an attack on anybody that um, tries to, you know, relegate and tries to, um, make women conform to things they do not want to become anymore yeah so as a believer you know the point of this podcast is to reconcile what feminism is make you understand make you see that oh there have been certain misconceptions that oh women are out against men or we want to kill men or we want to take over the world or i mean someone once told me that oh okay when you're done with all the men we'll see who marry we'll see who give and i'm like will you breathe for a moment Right. we are trying to help you as well i mean you mentioned toxic masculinity and that's one of the issues that feminism like no i can't call it a main issue but i can say that it's a fruit it bothers yeah yeah we we destroy toxic masculinity by ensuring that women are out women's voices are heard women are out in the places that they deserve to be why do they deserve to be there not because oh they're women but because they're human Mm. i mean human so as a believer your loyalty should first be to the word of god and you don't have to be afraid don't think that oh the word of god is going to you're going first to the scripture that tells you women be quiet you know that's one scripture we haven't even spoken about and if we were to start now we'll sleep here where paul was talking to the (laughs) women and um you know he told them to be quiet in the church and people don't even see the context of what he was saying people don't even see like if you want to understand that scripture, that particular verse, go and read the previous verses. Go and see that that church had had an issue with people talking over one another, especially the women in that particular church. If you mm. notice, he didn't give that instruction to other churches. So for each church, there were different instructions. For certain church, churches, there were instructions on fornication. For other churches, there were instructions on people talking over one another. Right. So that scripture does not validate why women should be silent or anything like that is the same um paul that was led by the spirit of the same spirit of god that led paul is the same spirit that moved jesus to do all the things he did and jesus spoke up for women everywhere he went jesus uh, a lot of women so let your loyalty be in culture instead use um your understanding of scripture to change culture like Kony said, mm-hmm. culture was built by people. It did not just land on the earth. Culture was built by people. So right now, you're part of history. Let me tell you, you're making history right now as you breathe. So every action that you take will be made with intentionality. How you treat yourself, treat women, you know? So, um, yeah. I totally agree. I totally, yeah. I could not agree uh, more. I think we've, we've touched every aspect. And... Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just hopeful. I'm excited. I am glad that you were having this conversation, and I hope we keep having this conversation because it's not a conversation that can ever end. I was telling somebody that feminism, feminism is what I breathe. I mean, the 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 one topic you tap me in the night and tell me, oh, wake up, like, wake up and speak on this issue. I'm like, okay, yeah, feminism. That's what I want to speak on. 
I mean, th- that's why they said, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, um, this passion is it, a passion that propels uh, me as a person, you know, feminism itself. So I think these conversations need to be had because, you know, it's one as human beings, one of the most difficult things we, 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 we have is unlearning. But it's easier for us as, as um, this digital age because um, we begin to, you know, there's this connectivity, globalization with other people from other parts of the world. So we begin to see things from their own lens and begin to understand that um, where they're coming from or how they're seeing this. Look at the, these are the benefits or this is what you stand to gain. And then you're like, yeah, I think this is really good, you know. Don't just be rigid. So sometimes when I speak to the older generations and I see um, their standpoint, I don't necessarily, I don't totally br- blame them because it's um, where they were coming from. But as we as the this generation, I mean, I expect more because as a person, that you should just be willing to learn all the time. Exactly. So I really hope, yeah. I really hope that we don't stop talking about this conversation, uh, this issue. We keep talking about it. And I pray that the church actually opens this um, this conversation and we have this conversation in the churches, mm-hmm. in our youth groups, you know, in our, um, you know, children classes, in even in the altar, in the pupil. <laughs> That uh, would be amazing. Uh, yeah. To see. Yeah. So, I mean, this has been a long one, but we're just yeah. going to wrap it up. Please, if listen through. I mean, if you've made it through to this point, then please, you have all my love. <laughs> and just share this. Let people know. Talk to people about it. And even if you don't agree with anything we have said, look, um, you don't have to agree with everything. That's why you're human. You're responsible for every opinion that you have, but you can go back and critically examine everything that has been said because there's mm-hmm. truth, yo, there's truth in this, you know. So, Connie, thank you so much. I mean, you're a living, breathing, um, what, what would I even call you? You're so knowledgeable, and I love to see it. I love your passion. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you for having me. And uh-huh. it was an amazing conversation. I think we should do more of this. Maybe yeah, do sure. or something that um, hopefully, I, 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 I mean, change starts with us, with um, the things we say. So I believe that um, you're doing great. And um, well, thank you to all your faithfuls as well for listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> you guys you heard, you're now my faithfuls. Yeah, your faithfuls. Hashtag faithfuls. So hey. yeah. <laughs> all right thank you so much guys for listening thank you Connie. love you all guys. right bye bye